Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Welcome to Faith Marketplace, a show featuring stories from Christian business leaders to equip and encourage you. We want to inspire you to live out the faith in the work that you do through your daily interactions in business and life. And my co-host today, Bob Lambert, he's founding partner of Samurai Business Group in Chicago. He will be back next weekend every Saturday noon to one on AM 1160, or you can find us on Faith Marketplace Podcast. And Samurai Business Group is in Chicago. They offer business owners and team sales management and business development training, specializing in the financial services, technology, manufacturing, and educational fields. And I'm Jennifer Reyes, founder of salesfromtheheart.com and host of Unshakable Confidence Club, where we help business owners with customized business coaching one-to-one or in a group. This way you can have more consistency and clarity in your business and increase your clients. Today, I am your host along with Chris Lesner. He is the founder and CEO of Project World Impact. I'm gonna have him introduce a bit more about himself in just a moment. But first, I wanna make sure that you write down our studio number. That number is 224-404-1988. Send us the keyword marketing, and we're going to tell you what you're going to receive from Chris in just a little bit. But first, Chris Lesner, welcome to Faith Marketplace. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of a background about you and what Project World Impact is all about? Yeah. Well, background on me, I grew up internationally my whole life uh, as a kid, and then I ended up going to school at Taylor University in Indiana. And while I was at Taylor, I got to start a marketing company with a couple friends. Um, And long story short, that company grew really quickly. Um, We were doing work with Fortune 500s, running their digital marketing campaigns and doing a lot of cool stuff. And by the time I started my senior year, um, I got connected to a guy in the nonprofit world who said, who basically asked, what if I could use my skills to help people and build the kingdom? And so that kind of put me on this journey of starting Project World Impact. And so we kind of have two parts to what we do. Um, The first thing is we help nonprofits Uh, raise money, get found, and improve their operations. So we work with uh, thousands, tens of thousands of nonprofits, uh, helping them raise money through a website called Project World Impact. Um, And we build tools that help them raise a lot of money. Uh, Last year, we had over 10 million people use Project World Impact to connect with nonprofits. So that's, that's half of what we do. The other half of what we do is we do digital marketing for a bunch of uh, for-profit companies, a lot of big companies around the world. Yeah. So mainly the larger organizations, uh, larger nonprofits as well, or anywhere in between? Yeah. We have nonprofits that just get started out with zero revenue. And then we've got uh, billion dollar plus nonprofits as well, like Red Cross, World Vision, Habitat, places like that. So let's say somebody is a business owner, an entrepreneur, a ministry, nonprofit. Why should they tune in and hear a little bit more about uh what you have to share today, Chris? Well, uh, I, th- I think just 
kind of thinking through, okay, faith marketplace radio. Uh, this is clearly a story of uh, God's hand in the whole process. You know, nothing we, nothing we made is because we're super smart. It's not because it didn't already exist. It's just uh, God's hand in it. And so I think it's encouraging to think, gosh, even, even somebody like Chris could do this. Well, surely there's hope for me. So yeah, <laughs> well, I would encourage our listeners to see and listen to your story and how they could connect this with what they're doing in their business as well. Because a lot of times we can get these ideas, we can have uh, make connections and we're thinking about um, how we can, you know, impact others through the work that we're doing. And so I know you have some great stories to share with us on that, Chris. But why don't you first just tell us a little bit more about like what does faith and work mean to you? What does that look like for you on a daily basis? Yeah, we're we're definitely not a um, a faith based company. We're not a place where everyone has any faith background at all. Um, some people on our team might have similar face to me. Some might have totally different. So I think as we think about um, our uh, our impact on faith as a whole, we get to work with so many nonprofits who are doing really cool on the ground work. We could be doing work with a nonprofit that does, um, that does straight evangelism and we could be doing work uh, with a nonprofit that helps homeless people. And so our role is really coming alongside the people who are doing cool work. And as it, as we think internally, um, a lot of the way we approach the business is, uh, just, coming from our five critical success factors, our vision and mission and our values. And mm-hmm. um, when we think through them, they're all revolving around Christian principles. And our team knows that just based on our leadership. So uh, yeah, a lot of it is to do with how we treat people, what our goals are, what we do with profits, and it all stems around biblical principles. So your visions and values are based on biblical principles, um, but you're open to working with everyone of all different backgrounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's really important, and that's a good tip for people to know because um, we need to be that light and salt out there in the world, right? And we can't just stay in our little tiny hub or bubble <laughs> and only work with you know people of um, in the same faith walk as us, right? So I think that's important uh, to do. That's really great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more, Chris, about why you're so passionate about the work that you do? You know, what is your why? What is that meaning behind everything that? That you're doing now? I think for, for me, the why is really important. Um, it's what we talk about all the time internally. You know, our vision is to impact hundreds of millions of people. Um, and most companies don't have that broad or big of a vision in terms of number of people, people they're trying to reach. But if you just think about it this way, for every 10,000 nonprofits that we work with, on average, they'll touch 10,000 people a year each. Some small nonprofits might touch 10 people and some really big ones might touch a million people. Let's just say we've got 10,000 nonprofits that touch 10,000 people a year each. We are indirectly touching 100 million lives when we work with that many nonprofits. And so, like I said at the start, we're trying to work with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of nonprofits. Our, Our impact is huge. And what we find is most nonprofits are really, really skilled at the work they're doing to solve major world issues or major local issues but they are really lacking in fundraising and tech support and marketing support in anything to do with, uh, business. (laughs) Yeah. Anything to do with business or the digital world. And so we come alongside and, uh, I am probably the worst person to do hands-on nonprofit work, like on the ground, helping someone or fixing something. Uh, but we're bringing our skill set along 
and saying, hey, we can help you with our skills, which are mainly around marketing and fundraising and helping people get in front of people and improving their operations. So we're coming in and really helping them do their work better. So all the time we'll come in and see a nonprofit who says, uh, we don't know how to raise money. Um, and they're going to hire multiple staff to do it. And we'll say, Hey, uh, this project is going to cost, let's say around $10,000. We had one last month, $10,000 project where we raised over $300,000 for the nonprofit. And, and it's just a difference of, uh, helping because we have the skill sets that it doesn't need to be expensive to do that. Um, but for, for them, it might've been daunting. Um, and, and they just become stagnant. So we just have a lot of cool opportunity to really impact the world, we feel like, and to save nonprofits a ton of money. It sounds to me like you have a passion for helping people to move forward so they don't stay stuck, so they don't get caught up in the tech side or some aspects of the digital marketing, et cetera. Is that right, Chris, that you want to help people? You know, you're using your gifts, you're using what you're skilled at, your talents that God has given you. Uh, your time as well, and uh, helping people make an impact because it creates this ripple effect, right? Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I think um, for what I do with Sales from the Heart, it's the same thing. I think success is always moving forward, whereas sometimes that adversary comes in and tries to throw us off course, tries to distract us or make us think that we can't do anything or that we don't want to reach out for help. And when we're stuck, we do. We need to reach out to experts like yourself, Chris, you know? Uh, and, and know that you don't have to stay stagnant, like you said, um, because we have, uh, you know, great impact to share um, in, in the businesses that we're designed to to create, right? So, yes. yeah, really, really good point. Well, thank you for sharing that. So, has has there been any like challenges that have come up along the way as you're working on this? And we only have a couple minutes left in this next segment, so we'll probably have to continue talking about this because challenges are. I mean, we all get faced with them, right? So what are some of the challenges that you face? Challenges, there are more than we have time for. <laughs> um, we've, we've been around for seven years, but even just getting started, there's two big challenges and maybe the one we hit in the next segment. But this part, I mean, just thinking about how do you fund something like this? You know, we need millions of dollars and the challenge of trying to fund this ourselves is what we ended up doing. We didn't end up going with all the venture capital money that was offered to us. We didn't go with... Uh, dozens of investors that we started looking at and that offered us money. And and that was the first challenge. And then everywhere after that, just more and more challenges as we tried to get started, everything just kept falling apart. But you kept moving forward through it, right? You kept totally. seeking and asking other people or figuring it out on your own. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. I think that's so important to do is to make sure again, that we don't stay stuck, that we actually we can move forward. We're not spinning around in circles, although it may still be exhausting in that process of moving forward. And we take one step forward, one step back, but look at where you are today because of your perseverance. So that's really great. Well, we're going to definitely dive into this a bit more uh, in the next segment and more about you and Project World Impact. But in the meantime, uh, I want our listeners to text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988, whether you're watching this live or on the replay. And you're all going to receive an ebook from Chris. And so, Chris, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. This is going to be great for business owners or nonprofits, correct? Correct. And then you're also going to want to stay tuned here to Faith Marketplace. You can find us every Saturday noon to 1 on AM 1160. And also check us out online, faithmarketplace.com, as well as on any podcast platform. So we'll be right back with Chris Lesner of Project World Impact. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Now, back to founding partner of the Samurai Business Group and Marketplace veteran, Bob Lambert. Welcome back to Faith Marketplace, a show featuring stories from Christian business leaders to equip and encourage you to live out your faith through the daily interactions in your business. My co-host Bob Lambert is not here today, but he will be back next weekend, every Saturday noon to one on AM 1160. He's the founding partner of Samurai Business Group in Chicago and offers business owners and teams, sales management and business development training. And I'm Jennifer Reyes, founder of salesfromtheheart.com, serving entrepreneurs, coaches, and small business owners nationwide through one-to-one and group customized business coaching. And we have with us today, the fabulous, the amazing, the awesome, Chris Lesnar. Now, he doesn't dance. We just discovered that during the break. But he is the founder and CEO of Project World Impact. So welcome back, Chris. Thanks. All right. Can you just tell us a real little um, blurb about Project World Impact in case somebody missed the first segment? Yeah. We have, we have two parts to what we do at PWI. One is we help nonprofits raise money and get in front of people. And the other part is we do digital marketing, mainly for for-profits, but also a bunch of nonprofits as well. Yeah. And in the first segment, we were talking about some of the challenges that you've encountered with uh, PWI, Project World Impact, and how you were able to navigate through that. Do you have another story for us on a challenge that you faced that you've encountered? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the biggest things that we bumped into was when we wanted to get started, we knew we wanted to build a website where we could connect people to nonprofits and causes they cared about. Um, it, the research we did showed that there's 130 million people every month in America looking for information about nonprofits or causes. You and mean because they want to give back, they want to support, is that why? Yeah, it could be anything from they want to give, volunteer, they might need help themselves. Uh, but it was one of those things where when a third of the country is looking for something, there has to be a really obvious place to go to. Um, and obviously everyone's going to Google and Googling stuff. Um, but there just wasn't a great way to get information. And so we knew to build this um, platform would be really expensive. Uh, and we said, hey, it can't be that hard. We'll, we'll hire a, a great company in downtown Chicago, expensive company to build this for us. Um, which at the time, this was going to be our core competency. So it was building this website, but we decided to outsource it and have somebody else do it for us. Oh, wait, hold on. I think I just heard something there. This was yeah. your core competency. Yeah. This means like this was your zone of genius. You're really good at doing this, but you were going to outsource it. Yeah. And, okay. and part of it was because it was going to be cheaper and quicker to hire a company than to do it internally ourselves. That was the thought at least. And then going to the challenges, it's like every, it's every business owner and nonprofit leader faces these challenges where it's like, oh, this project is going to go so smoothly. It's all planned out. Nothing could go wrong. And then, <laughs> and then everything just crashed and burned. Uh, our first year in business, we hired this company in January to build our site. And it was a four-month project. Uh, and by the end of the 10th month of a four-month project, uh, they told us that they didn't have anything to show for it and needed more money to finish or they just had to be done. Oh, no. Um, so now it's starting to add up and it would be more than what you guys would have done because of the time invested and I'm sure also the dollar amount and the oh, frustration. 
So much. The the amount of money we lost still, uh, even just with the staff we hired to support it at the four month mark, we hired 20 full time people to support stuff for uh, five or six months. Um, we had staff that just were obsolete until the project got done. Uh, mm-hmm. But we knew we needed the staff. And so it was a long first year. And so then we thought, gosh, we're so far behind. We really need uh, to outsource it again a second time. So we outsourced it a second time. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't learn anything from the first time. So you did it the second time or did you try to change some things up the second well, time? And by this point, we had thousands of nonprofits that had signed up saying, we want to join your site, but it was a fake site at this point. We had no site, even though we thought we would. And so we hired the second company to do it thinking, okay, we'll do it differently. We'll have more hands-on management. And if and like two months into that project, uh, it failed again. And so then as a business owner, you are just totally running for a loop. You've got thousands of upset customers, our own team internally, morale wasn't extremely high because mm-hmm. we just kept failing for over a year. So then we outsourced it a third time. Okay. Wow. <laughs> at so, this point you didn't think, Hey, we should just do this ourselves. Yeah. At, at that point you'd think you'd be smarter because the <laughs> third time, 10 months into the project, the same exact thing as the first time around. Uh, so we ended up paying uh, a large sum of money to this third company to basically hand off what they had to date, which were two and a half years into the project with nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. And by the time we acquired everything that they had done, we found out really they had done nothing and we had gotten stooped a third time. So finally, we decided to hire internally, which was, was a really tough decision for me personally because we'd already spent more money than I had ever imagined we would spend in the last couple years previous to that. And then hiring internally, hiring multiple staff just gets really expensive, especially when you're talking uh, really skilled development experience, building very complex software. Sure. So, so yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm, I relate to a lot of what other people go through in terms of best laid plans, uh, are thrown out the window right when they start in a lot of cases. That's what we experienced. So. Yeah. So if you could do this over again, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? I, two things. One, I'd never outsource what's supposed to be our core competency. Uh, we knew how the project should go. We easily could have done it internally. Looking back, we, we did it to save money and to mm-hmm. save time, and it ended up costing us millions of dollars more yeah. and lost us two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's the biggest thing. And then the second thing I, I think is, uh, is really, we, we didn't have anyone um, internally that was great at project management that early in the company. And part of it was just due to not wanting to hire. You know, I was working with the team directly and I was focused on our marketing stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's just building the, the team around us earlier would have been the huge a, a huge benefit for us. Yeah, I think that's so important, Chris. I like to tell my clients to break it up into a few different quadrants and not only go over uh, maybe one right now, but you're going to want to think about what is it that you do so well right? That is your core competency, your zone of genius, your unique brilliance. It's referred to a lot of different things here, right? But you're going to want to write out all of those things and you stay focused on that. Everything else that you're not that great at or you don't love, or you would definitely need to get paid for to do it, then you start looking at outsourcing that. Sometimes people do outsource too soon or they're too late, right? So what would you tell somebody? Like, how would they know when is the right time? How do you figure that out? 
if it fails the first time, you probably should do the opposite the next time. <laughs> um, and maybe part- seek counsel, right? Like ask somebody, yeah. ask somebody okay. else or seek out an expert in that, in that yielder industry, you know, that, that is the, the specialist in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where so many of these, uh, awesome groups like C12 convene, like when you have people around you to support you and having multiple opinions speak into it, you can really get a lot more. Yeah, through some kind of mastermind or a group or a consultant, a coach, yes. And you don't have any excuses, listeners, because Bob and I are great connectors. So you can reach out to us here at the studio. We can get you connected to some of these other resources or even ourselves. So then make sure you text us here. That number is 224-404-1988. You can also include the keyword marketing and that's going to get you connected to Chris. So Chris, why don't you tell us what all of our listeners who text us anytime they're listening to this show, they're going to receive this ebook. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. One of the things, and it relates to our experiences building the team with that, with that challenge. Um, one of the things that we had to work through was what's our continuous improvement plan? How do we improve our culture? And so uh, we literally made a P, uh, an ebook that we give to a bunch of different nonprofits who work with us closely and to some for profits that really work closely with us. And it, it's uh, about 40 pages and it's called developing a continuous improvement culture in your organization. And wow. so, yeah, the purpose is really how do you make everyone aligned with the, with the vision of where the company needs to head and how do you get them excited about where you're going and then aligning everyone towards the same initiative. And why is that so important, Chris? What happens if people aren't in alignment there? <laughs> oh, we all the time, we we were trying to head in one direction. We found people, well-meaning people were heading in totally different directions on our team. And it was just something that we realized uh, every small step somebody took away from what was most important really hurt the business as a whole. Um, and it was really, like I said, well-meaning, really skilled people. And so now that everyone's aligned, the amount of energy and input we have from people on our team contributing to say, this will help fulfill our mission and vision. It's way better than stuff I could have thought of. You know, the, the nonprofit products that we have, we've got over 20 different tools now, half of them are thought of by people on our team that aren't me uh, or any of our leadership team for that matter. And it's cool to see people saying, we see this problem, we want to solve it. Mm, I love that. I love that you surround yourself with a team of people. You have resources, uh, you're also very wise, Chris. So I know, uh, you know, maybe some words of wisdom that you would have had for your younger self, even though you're still young, <laughs> you know, it, I think you said was to stick with your core competencies, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to give the opportunity for some of our listeners to chat with you, Chris. Are you, are you open up to that or is that, is that okay? That. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then make sure that you text us here at the studio, 224-404-1988. We'll give you a way to connect with Chris. His time is limited, but we're going to give this to a few of our listeners. And so, Chris, what can they expect to get when they hop on a call with you? Just briefly. Yeah, anything digital marketing or fundraising. We I get to run digital marketing for a lot of Fortune 500. So anything we can help, we'd be happy to, to give input. Yeah, that's awesome. And Chris, where can people find you online? Um, mainly just at projectworldimpact.com or Google my name and you'll find something, I'm sure. Yes, you're on some other interviews with other guests that we've had on the show as well. But that's projectworldimpact.com. And again, remember, you can reach out to Bob and myself here at the studio. 
And also we have another gift from Sales from the Heart. This is a mini series, how to connect with five new heart center clients in five days. So make sure that you text us here. That number is 224-404-1988. Include the keyword unshakable. We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Welcome back to Faith Marketplace, a show featuring stories from Christian business leaders to equip and encourage you to live out your faith through the daily interactions that you do. Bob Lambert will be back with us next week. He's founding partner of Samurai Business Group in Chicago. And I'm Jennifer Reyes, founder of SalesFromTheHeart.com and host of the Unshakable Confidence Club. And today we have Chris Lesner, founder and CEO of Project World Impact. Welcome back, Chris. Thanks. So do you have some best marketing success stories that you can share with us from the business side as well as from the nonprofit side? Yeah, there are so many. <laughs> one, of the, one of the benefits that, that we have is marketing, and you'd experience this so much with the stuff you're doing with Sales from the Heart. Uh, so much stuff out there is fluffy. You know, marketing especially, people all the time say, we're great at marketing and they have nothing to back it up, but they've got great ideas, but ideas aren't worth much when it comes to revenue and sales. Yes. Uh, so it's one of those things that we view marketing so differently. Everything we think about from a marketing standpoint has to be data driven or we don't think it'll work. Well, give um, us some examples. What does that mean? Yeah. So two, uh, I can think of two or three really simple examples. A nonprofit came to us recently and said, hey, we, we need to redo our website. Consultant we've been working with said, redo our website. And we kind of looked at why they would need to redo their website. And it was a $90,000 project that they had been given. And we were like, wow, this seems way more than anything that we think you should be paying. And the thing behind it was a little bit shady at best. And so we got into it and we're like, gosh, there's definitely some things that you need to improve, but the website's not actually the issue they had some major internal server problems that was causing the website to take about 20 seconds to load for your average person. And so like simple things like that where they didn't have to spend 90 grand on a project and literally for a few hundred dollars had the whole thing fixed and resolved and they started getting great results. You know, Was they, that a hosting issue or it was delayed or it was some kind of... Yeah, they they had malware on their site in the end mm -hmm. is what it was. So it, it had gotten hacked and they just didn't know it and it was slowing down the site as a whole. And yeah, so, and then when the site is slow, that means that people are going to bounce off. They're not going to stay on oh, there yeah. and wait for it to load, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so they're leaving a lot of money on the table there because people aren't connecting with their message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with all the craziness going on, I mean, two other quick stories that I can think of. One, uh, we work with the largest vitamin and supplement uh, company in America um, really closely on their digital marketing. And so uh, during this COVID era and all of the recent things that have been happening since the beginning of the year, really, um, where most businesses are seeing major hits to what they're doing, a company like that, people are looking for their immune system to be built up and uh, and to be healthier. And so just the online stuff we're doing there, we've in this period more than tripled what we see typically in terms of online revenue. Wow. Uh, other things where we have clients who uh, realistically all of their sales have been cut off due to the COVID stuff in terms of just future business. And so we had a client come to us and say, we need, we need 250 new potential leads, people raising their hand and saying, 
uh, I'm interested in working with you. And in less than a month, we had 250 people say, I want to work with this person. They started the quoting process and their team was back in business. Um, wow. So they made adjustments, basically. They made yeah, adjustments. All the time. Now, is this through like Facebook ads or what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's everything from um, lead generation, trying to capture emails to then drip campaigns where people get a series of drip campaigns and based on if they open or click, they get... Uh, sent through different funnels. Um, then there's definitely some of that lead generation would come through Facebook or Google or Twitter or Instagram. And then others are uh, IP-based or geofence targeting. Um, so yeah, all really, the techie stuff that the people yeah. don't necessarily need to know how to do, but you know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, find someone that knows how to do it. There's lots of people who can. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm curious, Do you? how did Project World Impact grow? I mean, did you implement some of these same tactics as well? Yeah, we, yeah, our first group of hires, we hired 20 some uh, college interns to get us started was some of my first hires um, who were working full time over the summer. And half of what we do, the, the marketing side has always grown just because of my own relationships and our own projects that we have some pretty big clients. But on the nonprofit side, uh, in three months, we picked up the phone, smiled and dialed and called 80,000 nonprofits. Wait a minute. Like you cold called? Is that? We, was it we more cold called nonprofits galore. 80, 000, over 80,000 of them. And then the follow, and that was in three months. The following summer, we called over 90,000 more. Uh, and then from there, we just talked to enough people where things started taking ground, the website, once we figured that all out after the initial catastrophes uh, and the products, they kind of started doing marketing for themselves. So even now where we've got 10 million people last year uh, yeah. in the PWI, I mean, it's just grown where our email list has over a million people. On it. Wow, so. that's amazing. So I hear a few things there for some of our listeners. They might not have the reach that you have right now, right? Um, but what I'm hearing is, is that we sometimes need to do grassroots level. We have to start out organically and build up from there. And you just keep going. You build that momentum and then you can begin to automate and do some other things. Would you, would you agree on that? Totally. I, re I remember one funny and quick story. I remember I was at college at Taylor University trying to start Project World Impact while I already had this other marketing company. And I would drive from... Indiana to Chicago almost every week. And for that four hour car ride, I would be on the phone calling nonprofits by myself, just back to back to back for four hours, 10 minute wow. conversations each. And just cold calling these people and saying, here's what I'm trying to do. If I built it, would you be interested? Wow. And obviously the, the majority of people say no and that's okay. Um, but yeah, definitely yeah. grassroots and the groundwork. Don't be afraid of it. I would have never imagined somebody that's, as you say, more introverted, like yourself, <laughs> doing cold calling. I mean, <laughs> I don't usually teach that anymore. Like in the Sales from the Heart program, there's a way to warm up, especially with digital now, there's a way to warm up your audience, right? And so I think people would be able to do that through Project World Impact is to warm up their audience through content marketing or something like that doing interviews like on Face Marketplace or things like, you know, Facebook Live, et cetera, right? So we can warm up our audience a little bit easier now than we could back in the day. Totally. Yeah. Well, what else? Like, let's say, you know, you only had 
three more minutes left in this segment. (laughs) And you wanted people to really get the message of what Project World Impact is. What would you tell them on the nonprofit side and on the business side? Yeah, I think um, when it comes to what we're trying to do, really it comes down to uh, on the nonprofit side, we have this online hub and we're always trying to connect with more nonprofits. It's free for nonprofits to join. And people who are interested in causes or nonprofits around the world, we want them to come to us to look for nonprofits and then we want to connect them. And then people go to nonprofits websites and hopefully change the world together. Um, And on the marketing side, it really is uh, simple. People are coming to us saying we've got these major uh, digital marketing or website or app projects that they need help on. And, and they just need somebody that they can talk to. You know, most of the time, what we equip people to do is do it themselves, uh, mm. especially from our own first learning of don't outsource your core competency. It goes back to there's so much that we can train teams to work on that they don't need us for, you know, and they'll come in and say, we've got a budget of $500 or $500,000. And often what we'll do is push it back in their court and say, you could do most of this yourself, but here's where you really would need us or somebody else for. And so, yeah, I think uh, people, not to get too vague, but yeah, people just can connect with us if they need help themselves or if they want to help other people on the nonprofit side as well. So are you saying whether they're a solopreneur or a big corporation, you have something for them through Project World Impact? Totally. Mm, That's great. Awesome. What else, Chris? Anything else that you want our listeners to know either about you or the clients that you serve? You know, one thing that I find just as encouragement um, for, I think a lot of business owners and nonprofit leaders listen to, to Faith Marketplace. And one of the things that I found as encouragement is just going back to the Bible. You know, uh, one of my favorite Bible verses is Isaiah 45 two, And it's really simple. It says, I will go before you and will level the mountain. And uh, it's definitely, I'm not going the prosperity gospel route, but it definitely is one of those things where um, God's going before us in all of this. This is is his business, you know. Uh, Whatever happens, it happens because he wants it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's because he didn't want it to happen. And so I I think this, our whole story is a constant story of being open-handed to what God is calling us to do. And we're just taking small steps towards it. Yes, I love that. I love that. And we work with him. He works, um, you know, through us. We work for him. I think that's important to remember because sometimes we can place these pressures on our own shoulders and um, and not lean on God during these times. I also like to look at this, and I just share this in my mini series uh, that we. I look at it as if something doesn't work out. Uh, I don't look at it as rejection, right, with a potential new client or something like that. I look at it more as protection. You know, hey, we're just not meant to work together right now. And maybe they're going to be more effort, more work, or I can't serve them in the way that they really need. And so, you know, God says, okay, you go over here. I go over here. Totally fine. Right. But when we do have these beautiful connections that he makes, especially for kingdom impact. Wow. Watch the ripple effects that take place. And I love that. That's what you do through Project World Impact, that you're connecting all these nonprofits and business leaders and business owners out there. So really, really great. Well, if you want to get in touch with Chris Lesnar, you can find him at Project World Impact and uh, it's projectworldimpact.com. You can also text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. 
include the keyword marketing and you will receive an ebook as well as a chance to chat with Chris. And then if you have a business need or question and you want the perspective of a sales, marketing, and messaging expert, then connect with Bob or myself. You can always call us at the studio number or text us. And you can include the keyword faith or unshakable or just include an emoji. We'll be right back in the next segment to talk with Chris. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Now, back to founding partner of the Samurai Business Group and Marketplace veteran, Bob Lambert. Welcome back to Faith Marketplace. I'm your host, Jennifer Reyes. Bob Lambert will be back with us next week, every Saturday, noon to one. And we have founder and CEO, Chris Lesner of ProjectWorldImpact.com. So Chris, our topic for a roundtable discussion today is what kind of example do you set for your coworkers, your team, your peers, your clients? What kind of example do you set? Yeah, well, when I think through what kind of example I set, um, one of the things my dad told me early on was don't tell people you're a Christian unless you're going to be the hardest worker in the room. Mm. And and I realized that that's very controversial, especially with like work-life balance and all of that kind of stuff. But it, it did drive home something that was uh, meaningful to me that if if I want people to look to me and follow by example, I, I need to have excellence in what I do. Um, and I need to be worth following to some extent like Peter talks about. And so I think so often uh, the example I set is by doing really well at work. You know, it's the it's the setting they see me in. And so if I provide excellence for our customers and I strive for excellence for each of our team members, uh, it pushes them to be better. Um, and yeah, and I think one other big thing that we do every month, we um, we have lunch and learns where we bring in our whole team and, and we say, okay, we want to grow you as a person, regardless of their faith background. We really focus on growing individuals. Um, and we do everything from like uh, GLS talks to... Um, it's to, Global Leadership Summit, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it, we have all these talks and we have speakers come in and I'm, we hear from nonprofits. And really, it's just uh, trying to encourage them to be better themselves. And hopefully they see when we are trying to better ourselves as a leadership team, that it stems back down to scripture. Right. I love what you said there to work with excellence. At first, when you led with the work harder type of thing, I'm like, yeek, we want to work smarter too, right? (laughs) Because there could be people that work way too much. They're neglecting family life, their health, you know, they're overly stressed and possibly taking years off of their life. They're taxing their body too much, right? And so um, I think that's really important too. I love what you said also about helping people grow uh, beyond business, right? Just personally as well. And uh, and you are touching their lives from the faith component, even if it's Global Leadership Summit, there's still an element of that there without it being preachy. We like to talk about that a lot here on Faith Marketplace. It's more about your walk, not just the talk, right? Right. And so I, I think your dad definitely had some wise words there. What else? What else? What are some other ways that people can be an example, or maybe this is a bad example <laughs> of what you don't want to do? Do you have any stories there? Well, I think just f- from our standpoint, um, it's not being pushy, but it's also being upfront about it. You know, when people come in the first day that somebody starts at Project World Impact, they're going to learn about our vision, our mission. We have five critical success factors, and we've got our values. And yeah. Do you want to share a couple of those? 
right now? <laughs> do you, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you know them off the top yeah, of your no, head? Yeah, <laughs> no, well, they're really easy to remember. Um, they're really easy to remember. But the, the vision is to impact uh, hundreds of millions of people. So it's really broad. And the mission narrows that down. We do that by connecting people with nonprofits in ways they can engage with causes around the world. And then we've got five critical success factors that say, okay, well, here's how we do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it goes from everything to uh, better marketing, better products, all this stuff. And and the fifth one, purposefully uh, fifth, because we have a lot to talk about on it, is uh, living out our PWI values. And so our PWI values are really important to us. Um, It's not like your typical run-of-the-mill values uh, that you would see just posted on a wall. Um, It actually means something. And the way that we do performance reviews is around them. So performance reviews are all based around for each value, how well did you uh, portray that value? And the way it comes back to our example and scripture is that all of the values are biblical principles. Mm. And so we've taken these values and we tell people, okay, this is, uh, these are biblical principles. And, and they start to get a sense of, okay, what does that even mean when it says that? And it has to do with being mission aligned customer-focused, willing to go above and beyond, being a self-learner, being results-oriented, having a family culture, being fast and responsive. And so for each of those, it stems back from something in scripture that, that our leadership team uh, lays out. So, How did you come up with this? Did you have help around this? Did it take some years? Did yeah. you, what's the story behind that? So we were five years into our company and we had I had really clear vision of where I wanted the company to head but we had no strategic plan. And I always thought strategic plans were a joke, to be honest, just a waste of money. Um, And I got connected with uh, a guy named Peter Hershen, who runs Hershen Family Entertainment, a billion dollar plus entertainment company. And he's a strong believer. And and I just got the chance to ask him, well, what, what do you think has led to all of this success? And he pulls out of his drawer in his office piece of paper and he puts it in front of me and says this, and it's literally their company values and every value had scripture tied to it. Mm. And I thought it was so powerful that if he thought values and strategic planning was so important, not for the sake of projecting, but for the sake of growing a team, I thought, well, I'm doing something totally wrong. And so I asked him to send me their values. Um, we, we didn't copy and paste. It didn't fit our culture necessarily. Um, but it really meant a lot to me. And, and he and I spent uh, probably, I forget how long, maybe up to two hours just talking about their values and each point, point by point, how they came up with it and how he pushes people towards the values, which then pushed them to Jesus. And, and it was just really fascinating. Led them, led them closer to Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, that, that's how we came up with it. And that's, I, I came back to the office and our leadership team have been pushing me to do a strategic plan for five years, literally. And I kept saying no, just because I was stubborn. And I get back and the first thing I say is, I think we need to do a strategic plan. <laughs> They're all really relieved. And, and it's done wonders for our business just in the last two years, having everyone keep being aligned with where we need to head. So did you have everybody help you come up with this vision and and mission and values, or did you just sit with it? How did you do that? Yeah. So the, the vision and mission, um, our core leadership came up with, uh, Mm -hmm. when it came to the critical success factors and the values, our team spoke into them. And Mm -hmm. so when we said, how do we want to accomplish the vision and mission that our leadership team put forward, 
our whole team came up with action points that every single individual on the team fit under one or multiple of those critical success factors. Um, and then under those, there's tons of sub bullets and tasks and to do's that people took ownership of, but it was every individual on our team speaking into them saying, here's how I'm going to contribute to the vision and mission. I love uh, that. Yeah, it was awesome. Because everybody's on board then, they're excited about it, they're moving forward in the same direction. Well, you had mentioned data was really important before in the earlier segments, but I just want you to quickly share with our listeners, what are those numbers look like, the impact that Project World Impact is making? Oh, it's, the, it's uh, I'm biased, but I, I think it's pretty significant. Um, <laughs> I, I think on the on the marketing side, it's really easy. I mean, there is uh, we've gotten to deal with so many. Brands. I mean, are we talking hundreds, thousands, millions? Yeah, like on the for profit side, hundreds of millions, and on the nonprofit side, over a billion. Yeah, uh, in terms of the the dollars that are coming in through our partners. Um, yeah, in that yeah. they're able to continue to move forward with that mission and make an impact and serve other people. This is so wonderful. I thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Chris Lesner. And you can connect with him at projectworldimpact.com. But more importantly, would you text us here at the studio? That number is 224-404-1988. Include the keyword marketing. We're going to get you connected to Chris. He also has an ebook for you. And a few people are going to be able to chat with Chris. You guys have seen how valuable, how wise uh, he is in business and also... He's a great family man too. So do you want to give a quick shout out to your family? Oh yeah. My wife and two-year-old son and two-month-old son, uh, Jen, Levi, and Judah. Yay. So Chris will be happy to answer some questions and get you connected. And remember to connect with Bob and myself on social media. Check out Faith Marketplace. You can connect with us on Faith Marketplace podcast on any platform as well as uh, AM 1160 every Saturday noon to one. So thank you for being here with us. Bob will be back with us next week and we look forward to serving you even further and make sure that you connect with faith in your work. Blessings, everyone. Bye.